0: Do you have any winter holiday traditions? I'm Eva Higginbotham, and this month, as we were gearing up for our holidays here at The Naked Scientists, we thought it would be a fun experiment to explore the science behind holiday celebrations around the world, with the help of some researchers at the University of Cambridge. First up, I spoke to Janendra Sahu about the science behind oil lamps. (laughs) It is the season to be jolly, put on pajamas, and eat a lot of chocolate. But while I've been setting up lights on the Christmas tree, earlier this year there was a very different winter celebration going on.
1: Diwali, the, the Festival of Lights, or popularly known as Diwali, is celebrated by Hindus, Sikhs, and Jains across the world between mid October and mid November.
0: That's Chanendra Sahu, a researcher at the University of Cambridge.
1: The word Dipavali consists of deep, which means light, and wali, which means a row. So Dipavali means a row of lights. As we celebrate Diwali on a new moon day, which comes with a dark night, we lit our homes of diyas, such that they illuminate the home with its bright light. Diyas are oil lamps, usually ball-shaped and made of clay. They are filled with ghee, or oil and with a uh, cotton wick for lightning.
0: Oil lamps, like Diaz, work through a trick of physics. The wick's job is to carry the oil up by what's called capillary action, like how water will spread from one end of a piece of tissue to the other. The oil travels up the wick, so when the lamp is lit with a flame, the oil at the tip of the wick gets really hot and becomes a gas. And it's this gas that's actually on fire. Because of that, the flame itself sits just above the wick. Wax candles work in a similar way, but there's an extra step where the solid wax needs to be melted before it can travel up the wick.
1: Use of Diyas have been dated back to several millennia. Diyas remain an integral part in the celebration of Diwali. Lightening Diyas on Diwali symbolises the spiritual meaning of the festival as victory of light over darkness and good over evil.
0: A fitting and hopeful message for this winter season. Continuing our journey across the world's holiday pastimes, Phil Sansom's found the science in some tropical traditions with Cristina Rodriguez.
2: Islands are great, not just for the sun or the beaches, but also for science, because they're home to many of the world's unique plants and animals. The separation from the mainland means that their environments have had hundreds to thousands of years for new species to form by evolution. In the homeland of University of Cambridge postdoc Christina Rodriguez, this feature has become part of the holidays.
3: I am from the Canary Islands, and, and there we have a, a very strong tradition of setting up elaborating nativity scenes.
2: This autonomous part of Spain out in the Atlantic Ocean boasts a number of beautiful festive dioramas that incorporate nature.
3: We use local plants, uh, rocks, um, running water.
2: In particular, there's one iconic tree they like to use.
3: The Canary Islands dragon tree, or as we call it, the drago, is a very common component of the nativity.
2: The dragon tree is part of the symbol of Tenerife, and it's very distinctive, with multi-branching limbs that form an umbrella-like canopy. It's called the dragon tree because it secretes a red-coloured sap that's traditionally been called dragon's blood and was a valuable pigment. So why on earth is the stuff red? Well, it contains a confusing concoction of chemicals, like flavonoids, that researchers have managed to separate out over the years. Some of these colour it red, but others give it some medicinal properties. It can kill certain microbes, relieve pain, and even work a little against tumours. For all these reasons, dragon's blood has also been a valuable part of traditional medicine. The Canary Islands dragon tree, then, is truly remarkable. And no wonder it becomes a part of their nativity scenes. If you ever get the chance to visit the islands during Christmas, this is something not to miss.
0: When you're able to travel there easily again, of course. Next up, we're heading to Europe, where Katie's been looking into a certain festive creepy crawly with Liliana Frook.
4: As you untangle the tinsel this year ask yourself, what's got eight legs, makes webs, and can be found in decorative form adorning Christmas trees throughout various European countries, including Ukraine and Germany? The Christmas spider, of course. Legend has it that there once was a poor lady whose children were very excited about their Christmas tree, but they had no decorations. They went to bed disappointed about the prospect of a bear tree come the morning, but the spiders inside their home decided to spread a little Christmas joy. Overnight they spun beautiful webs all over the tree and as the sun rose and shone through the window the light glimmered off the spider silks with silver and gold and the lady never felt poor again or depending on which version you subscribe to the light literally turned the web into gold and silver so she really was never poor again. It turns out that spider silk is pretty spectacular from a science point of view as well. And Cambridge University chemist Liliana Frook is a big fan.
3: This material has unprecedented strength. It is tough. It is elastic. Each species will have slightly different spider silks. Although we know that there are six to seven fibres that are used to make this kind of silks. Some types are exceptionally tough because they are used to make core of the webs. Some of them are very elastic. So spiders will adapt the mechanical properties of their own silk to the function that they need to introduce to their web. Clever, huh?
4: Spider silks are made out of proteins, and proteins are made up of building blocks called amino acids. And how these proteins are assembled is pretty important in terms of
3: influencing the properties of the silk. There is one particular silk called dragline silk, and this is used by a spider to stabilize the outer rim of the web, But it's also used as a lifeline to help the spider to remain attached to the web or just to help him move around. And this is made of proteins, which are characterized by crystalline parts that give toughness, and non-crystalline parts, which are elastic and they can absorb stresses or shocks. What's
4: more, Liliana told me that spiders can sometimes introduce little features into the silk when weaving to further control the mechanical properties. So if I spy a spider sheltering inside from the chill this Christmas, I think I'll give the little thing a break and just leave it there. Who knows? Maybe as a thank you, I'll become a millionaire come Christmas morning.
0: Fingers crossed, eh, Katie? Katie? And finally, as Christmas is only a few days away now, Adam Murphy's been finding out about a Czech tradition that looks towards the year ahead, with Olga Loblova.
5: There are a lot of weird ways to tell the future. In ancient Rome, there were augurs, people who would look at the formation of birds to give them omens. And there are oniromancers, people who look to dreams for clues, or omphalomancy, which claims to tell you how many children a woman will have by looking at her belly button. But a lot of these telling the future traditions appear at Christmas when you're looking forward to the new year. And in the Czech Republic, they have a simpler and perhaps more fun Christmassy tradition about telling the future with some apples, as Olga Loblova tells us.
3: In the Czech Republic, we have a lot of traditional activities that often aim at predicting what will happen in the year ahead. For example, you take an apple on Christmas Eve and you cut it in half, but not along the vertical axis as you normally would, but horizontally. And then you take a look inside at the core.
5: We do a similar thing in Ireland at Halloween. If you find the coin in the bread loaf, the barren brack, you'll have a prosperous year, provided you don't choke on it. So what do the apples mean?
3: If you see a star, it means that the coming year will be full of health and happiness. If you see a worm or the apple is rotten inside, there'll be illness and disease. And if you see a cross, then that means that someone will die.
5: Oh dear, let's hope no crosses then. Scientifically though, there's not a lot to the idea of divination, of telling the future. We can predict some things, like if you drop Olga's apple, it will fall. And it could hit some unsuspecting physicist on the head, for example. But in general, these things fall flat. You just have to watch a weather forecast to see how unreliable the future can be. There was once an idea called Laplace's Demon, that if you had a magical demon who knew where everything was and where everything was going, it could run the clock forward and predict everything. But then, quantum mechanics, which is all based on probability, got in the way and put the X through that idea. So, even the nicest Christmas traditions can't predict the future. They are fun though, and maybe that's enough but we can always take the future into our own hands and make this Christmas merry and make the next year better than this one.
0: Thanks so much to Olga and to all our other Cambridge scientists who shared some holiday science with us. Here's to a happy 2021.